to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I'm your host, Rob Cantrell. Here with me, I got an exciting episode, a heavy episode, a cool episode. I'm excited. I got a dope uh, dude I'm going to talk to. Uh, I also got some cannabis. I got some coffee. Uh, we're going to just wrap for 45 minutes. This dude is a good friend of mine. We've done comedy for over 10 years in New York. We've made music. We've made videos. He has a great project coming out with Broadway Video on Audible uh, coming up called uh, Bloodweed. And it sounds hilarious. Please give it up for my good friend, Boris Hyken, everybody. Yeah, the crowd goes wild. Nice. Thank you. Thank you the many whispers that sound like Rob Cantrell. Oh, dude, there's, but that's the internet. That's the internet out there, man. You know, you're we're representing all super connected. You know, it's all that's super right. connected to the internet alien brain that we're zooming out there, brothers. So there is somebody with their cannabis and their coffee. And I've been making some beats, man. I've been doing some lo fi hip hop on you. So I've been putting some beats underneath that cheesy intro. So it'll sound. Oh, hell yeah. Fun, hopefully. hopefully. Dude, I'm so happy you're here. I'm smiling. Uh, thank you. Just to let everybody know, uh, Boris is very interesting in what's going on. Just what we have to bring up is uh, he's a, a Ukrainian refugee from, uh, you know, Europe and his, his parents. And they, they came over here and, and Boris is one of the hardest working men in show business. I know him and James Brown and the ghost of James Brown and Boris does film. He does. He's a hilarious stand up. He's opened for me a few times. He's doing headlining shows now out there. Uh, he also is a great editor, film director, can play the guitar. Just always been fascinating. Boris, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. It's funny. I feel like it's like almost a loaded question. The amount of texts that I've gotten from people that are like, I don't know if this is weird to ask, but are you you and your people good? Uh, which like, you know, as far as close family for me, everybody who could got out years ago, we have like one friend, uh, my dad's friend and his kid, his adult son that's in where we're from, which is Odessa, which for now, there's a lot of like conflicting things on Twitter all the time. But according to them so far, it's that city is OK. There's no like uh, Russian military presence there yet. God bless. God bless. man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, I'm chilling and I'm happy and thankful to be in America. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. God bless America. Uh, not to get too uh, into countries and labels and. You know, a lot of this podcast, I talk about meditation and uh, and it's definitely herb infused. So I've been writing this new joke is like, I don't know if I'm super spiritual or I just smoke too much weed. <laughs> <laughs> they are one and the same. They are one and the same, you know. Uh, so I do go down the peace love uh, avenue here on the podcast. So it's super interesting. Yeah, I bet you're getting calls and interviews and it's kind of a bad situation that you're gonna get this attention but at the same time it's nice because it's so complex to have somebody to kind of talk to about it Boris. so i appreciate you man i appreciate you being yeah, on for this sure. and i feel sorry for the country of ukraine and everybody involved because it's just like with this internet shit, we're also super connected right now you know so it's like we're too smart to do war. You know, war is just, I tweeted wars for nerds. Like, it's just like. It's <laughs> yeah, like Putin's a dork. <laughs> he is a dork. He's a super dork. I mean, they're all dorks, man. You know, a lot of like politicians and a lot of people in show business. It's the same thing. It's just like dorks going for superpower, man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that like, you know, I was seven when I left there. So I'm like, you know, I've been in America for a long time. And uh, when I look at it, I probably look at it closer to mo the way most people look at it here, where like my concern in this case is more just like, you know, where we are as, as a globe, as a world. And like there is kind of like an old world, new world thing happening here where like I think to a lot of people were like, I thought we don't we don't do this anymore. I thought we, we don't play like this anymore. Yeah. And it's 
it's weird because you know i don't i have my own personal experience and i have my opinion from based on people i talk to over there and and things that i i've seen but like at the same time i also am like unsure of like you know what is the deal are we done with this or are we kind of like kidding ourselves in the fact that like you know we've gotten all into this new world diplomacy peace love thing and it's like oh yeah but if you have an insane bully that's the head of a superpower like are we capable of handling that you know what i mean or are we too up yeah. in the peace and love thing where we forgot when shit goes down that like you know it's not all peace and love yeah yeah it's uh it's a part of the truth of you know definitely that we have to sit and meditate and think about when you handle something a situation you know and it's just like yeah it, it we're so it's so different in terms of even me being old and i don't you know am kind of like oh the trans thing or this thing and i don't get technology i like i get being disconnected so i also get other universes and other people just working on a whole other you know platform which you know at the end of the day it's just godless i don't know if you could call it godless but maybe that's just ego driven just to the point where it's like but you know you just know that those super bullies are out there you know and that 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 you know as good as people are there's you know dark people and uh yeah i think godless is a good way to word it because i'm not yeah. a religious person and i i don't necessarily believe in that but i think that there's like there is an element to when you're maniacal like that is like you probably equate yourself with god and that's kind of like the ultimate godlessness is when you think you're the end all be all in like a way that's outside of any connection with anybody else yeah it's very you... poignant rob <laughs> yeah <laughs> back at you man back at you it's such a sensitive subject because it's happening in real time right now so i want to kind of approach it with some type of respect for all parties you know i don't know if i you know if somebody was threatening my family i know my gut reaction and then i also know about a higher mindedness you know and i also know killing is just fucking whack you know like that's what i that's the trip i'm on right now it's just like to kill another human being you know i'm loving life so much at this point in my life that i've made it to 49 and have a family and i went skiing weed is getting legal i do comedy i hang out with super interesting dudes you know it's like you man and it's just like yeah, it's just it's yeah. Incredible. Why fuck this up? You know, why fuck this up? That's what I'm saying. Like, we're riding a really good if you know where we've been and where we come from and how much violence and how much ignorance and how much shit we've risen above in a very short time. And the capabilities of the mind is just dude, electric cars like people are doing and people are, you know, flying to space. You know, it's just and but the. I don't even think we've even tapped into the brain. Like we haven't even tapped into the inner space of what's going on. I think what meditation is telling me is this is the bullshit. It's really the real shit is inside, you know, and uh, we haven't even scratched the surface. Inner space meditation and acid, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Acid meditation, uh, you know, just like uh, Tibetan monks, pacifism what what if you do gardening like if you really let something go and then hook up the soil and do everything like just to see nature i think i'm all about nature just to see nature take place like we haven't even let nature do its thing because we're always trying to control everything yeah and don't even get me started on the gut biome we're just beginning to learn about that shit oh yeah dude. i have a i have I have a friend. How's your like, gut uh, these days? How's how's your acid level in your gut? Like it's I think all your good. Gut. I think I know. I have I have a buddy who's a um, like bioinformatics scientist who like actually worked with the company that did a bunch of the early COVID testing stuff. But yeah, he was saying like what we were just starting to learn about your like genome and your DNA like 30, 40 years ago we're just starting to do with gut biome. Like it's just in its infancy where like, we're just yeah. starting to understand that stuff. It's so point. Uh, and it's so linked to mental health and what you put in there. And then also to your immune system 
and how you can fight shit off and stuff. I'm going into a big flaxseed oil thing. I read about, I'm watching these old dudes doing stretches, like, and they talk about what to eat and shit. And uh, flaxseed is, uh, I'm all about heart health these days. Like, I don't take any pills or do anything, but, uh, you know, I just like, uh, the heart is a trippy, trippy piece of the body. You know, that's kind of like everything. Like I talk about yeah, man, it's podcast is like we don't know where the electricity of the heart comes from. Right. That's actually I just learned that. Re- you know, my my wife is pregnant. And one of the first things I've been like asking all these questions okay. and you went through all this and like just seeing like a where science is now, you know, like at 10 weeks, they they could tell the sex of the baby and test it for stuff. They're testing like cell-free DNA in my wife's blood. But the thing I just found out recently, because I was like, what comes first, the heart or the brain? And she was like, yeah, the heart. She's like, the first thing you detect is the heartbeat. We, wow, we can I tell the that. electric, the electrical signal of the heartbeat before anything else. But that's where that heartbeat law is like, you know, the, the shit that they're fighting about in, in all them, all them other states. i don't know anything about it i don't know about the heartbeat law i don't want to get super political but what is the heartbeat law what is that oh oh for abortion oh for abortion yeah yeah it's some texas shit yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. i don't know man yeah i'm pretty free and lit you know i think it should you know that's up to the woman's choice what they got to do they got to do i think i think we're both on the same page there yeah i just think everybody (laughs) tries to argue i'm hands off on science I know. Yeah. But like you see everybody trying to argue from a science perspective and it and this is where like spirituality does come in a little bit is like, you know, you got to sort of go with your gut in a sense because the science fucking, ch- you know, what what's like fetal viability changes month to month as science or year to year as science progresses or like what's you know, all this shit evolves. And ultimately, it's like, what's the kind of world that we want to live when and then, you know, I'm with you. The better one is uh. We take a back seat and let the ladies make the right decision for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think with that, even, yeah, they got to figure that one out. And um, and with life beginning and ending, it's like you're just lucky you make it to like seven. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just got to be. I think chaos is a part of it and understanding like not everything is hunky dory, you know, and, you know, as we evolve and learn, you, you, you kind of see the complexities in those things, you know, and uh, I think society is the same way that we're all figuring out these hard questions. Like we've all ditched all these hard questions as a people and now we're getting to face them. And one of them is, yeah, the Ukraine situation. What is your parent? But Ukraine seems kind of hip is, or is the president a comic? Is that what I read? The president is and a good one, too. The president's a, uh, like was one of the top comedians. He had a show where he played the president, if I understand correctly, with like a oh, comedy. Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. And like he's maybe he seems, you know, the, oh, my personal opinion, but he seems like a good, relatively good dude with like relative integrity for like, uh, you know, a politician, a poli- you know, all politicians. I take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't yeah. care whether you're a former comedian or a former fucking, you know, reality TV star. In it's America, a game. But, it's just like anything, you know, you get into the right. game, you get into the game. But as far as that stuff goes, he seems to be a pretty respectable guy. You know, again, it's it's like really tough because there's not a neat narrative or story when it comes to a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the the oh, the story that we would want to tell in America is that Ukraine is going more pro-Western democracy, that they want to join NATO, that... Uh, you know, and that's a correct story in a ton of ways. But the other story is that, like, it's still a super conflicted region. There's a reason they're not in NATO yet, because NATO, you know, part of their stipulations is that you can't have territorial disagreements like you can't have a country that's ready to be pulled into a war, which Ukraine, you know, in some ways has been for a long time joining NATO, because that basically guarantees NATO getting into a world war, which we're all obviously trying to avoid. But then on the other side, you have Russia that's got tons of oil money and you have 
all these like older Eastern Ukraine, like there are people that are ethnically and culturally very pro-Russia there. That's why you have these separatist groups. And so like, you know, you have some of these people that have like social security programs and stuff that they know Ukraine and Europe can't afford another Greece. So they know like Ukraine can't afford it. So some, there's some like older conservative Russian like Ukrainians who don't care as much about, you know, the the progressive values of the West that Putin is against, you know, like obviously Russia's super homophobic and like not just Putin, but like culturally, there's a, a lot of homophobia there. There's racism there. There's all that kind of stuff that like uh, that you know, the the more Russian people are like, who cares? I just want someone to pay for my fucking social security when I'm older and Ukraine's not going to do it and Europe's not going to do it. But obviously, you know, again, it's, so it's just like it's Super very torn. complex. Yeah. And, and the regions are all different. And it, yeah, it leans this way and that. Yeah, it sounds what, yeah, when I heard it's it, a, yeah, an it impossible like, situation to manage. Yeah. You know, because it's it's just really hard because. I uh, even like when we were leaving, this was 1991 when we left, there was a coup. I uh, when I was like, like a little bit before we left, I almost forgot about it. My dad reminded me, but they hid me. My dad worked at a TV station in New York and there were, you know, military entering uh, Odessa, which is the city where we're from. They hid me in a TV station. I was like six years old. And ultimately, it didn't go anywhere because basically the soldiers disobeyed the orders to like attack their brothers and sisters in Ukraine, you know, and that's sort yeah. of like what some people are hope. That's what people are hoping for there. But there was military action. Obviously, it's already gone far beyond that in much of Ukraine. But in Odessa, yeah. where I'm from, I'm not sure. And it's a culturally like it's like the center of comedy in Russia. Funny enough, is Odessa like a lot of the big comedians in Russia come from there. And wow. so it's like. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are still hopeful that that like human element, and you see it now, like I, I kind think of a civil I, war in a sense, in some way. Yeah, it has that. That's what I was kind of linking. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go as far as civil war because I think that the majority of the people don't want a war, and I think the majority of the people did vote overwhelmingly for Ukrainian sovereignty and independence. Yeah, in, I'm not, I didn't mean it more that way. Just like brother on brother, you know, when you right, see totally. somebody that yeah. you're straight up from. It's like, uh, you know, January 6th or, you know, Trump people. I know a, a lot of, you know, I went to school in Southern Virginia in uh, middle school and high school. So I know, you know, hardcore conservatives that were like supporting that shit and just like, Jesus. But if I had to go, man, I'm, I'm from, cuffs, I'm from if Jersey. If I had to go to fisticuffs with them, it's like, uh, I couldn't do that. Like, I know those motherfuckers, you know, it's like, right, I know who they are. Right. I, I, it, that's what bums me out is like when people fight like that, especially adults, you know, kids, you know, you're scrappy and you're dumb, but adults doing it. And that's an adult. And, and then adults signing off on a government level. It's like, ah, oh, dude, it's mindfulness. That's exactly what you're describing. You know, kids don't have control over their emotions, their hormones. They're not present. Yeah. And and like like I remember, you know, being a kid is like you do impulsive dumb shit. And then the worst part is afterwards when you're mad at yourself later because you you made decisions that like even if someone wronged you, you made the situation worse. You spited yourself just to hurt the other person. And then it's like, well, now what? I'm no better off. They're no better off. You know, I, I know adults that do that. And that's like sad to see is just like people that are their own worst enemy and shit. You yeah, know? they haven't learned that lesson, you know, and it's like life kind of spins these lessons at you over and over. And eventually you're like, OK, I got that. OK, yeah, yeah. And, you you know, the mistakes and the losses, you learn all these lessons, but some people don't learn them or they don't. It doesn't pick up, you know, or they're it's just crazy, hurt. a lot man. of them are just so hurt inside that they don't, you know, they can't move. Yeah, on. it's it's just it's sad when you meet somebody that's like, you know, a 60 year old man that just like, yeah, if you don't fix that shit, I feel like and you're like by your 20s or 30s or at least get in the direction of like being aware of that stuff. Yeah, you're just, you know, because it's harder to change as you get older. You got yeah. like neuroplasticity when you're younger, you can adapt, you can change the brain. But as you get older, if you're used to that thing where like you get angry and you just don't check yourself and you allow that anger to like take control of you or that or sucks cursing, to see somebody all of it. smoking, all of it's like self-control is hard once 
because we are a part of nature and it's like the memory of nature. And so if you nurture something to go this way, it's, you know, it's going to go this way. If you have the plant and you put the stick and you line it up, it's going to go the way of the stick, even when it's past the stick, because you just like, it's just learned it that way. It's been pushed that direction. You know, that's what uh, sure. been going with meditation and like mantras. I think it's dope is like, is reprogramming my brain. You know, I, that's how I reprogram my brain to be more kind and be more forgiving and be more or less judgmental. Like I just go through these things. Like, like I work on that. And then they I mean, say like, by doing that, you're just, it's just like how we absorb media or anything, you know, we're just a part of nature. We absorb shit. So it's a lot of these negative people just absorbed a lot of negative shit and it just, you know, gets in there. For sure. And especially if it's early on, like one of those things where where you just can't think about the future long term because you're so concerned with like trauma happening to you in the moment. That's the thing where you don't realize that, like, look, you're 15 years old now. Think about what a difference the next if for the next 40 years you work on, like being more self-aware of working harder and building skills and getting better at talking to people and better at stuff versus if for the next 40 years you like drink and dick around and act like an asshole like you're going to be two completely different people like unrecognizable one from the other just 40 years of accumulative progress versus 40 years of like just destroying yourself you know people people don't realize that and if you're 15 and you can't even think past the next day let alone 40 years that's that's tough it's easy to ignore that yeah it's 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 easy to ignore it and there is something to be said you know because we don't know at all there is something to be said to be living in the moment because you never know when your card gets pulled that's that's the that's the also flip true the, that's the flip of the coin that's the devil's flip yeah. of the coin that it's like you could do all the right things that can happen tomorrow. That's where I lean into spirituality and, and all that shit is just like, yeah, you still, you still don't know. <laughs> yeah. Balance. Well, that's but, you bet, but, uh, but you are setting, you are setting the cards up, right. And you are playing the odds and you are playing the numbers and you are being an adult playing it the safe and smart way. How I always thought of it is like, I want to make decisions. So I'm hooking up, you know, 55 year old Rob, you know, I want to make this, yeah. I'm trying to hook that guy up. So he's not struggling or he's not questioning his life decisions or anything. Like he, he feels like he got it all out. You know, he, he loves himself. Yeah. Take care of your future self for sure. And I would credit, you know, weed with some of that for me in the beginning, you know, I don't, I don't have access to an alternate world where I didn't start smoking and maybe I would have had similar like emotional and, and psychological progress. But when I started smoking was around when I started becoming more introspective, when I started going over those moments of when I was an asshole and replaying them in my head and thinking what I could have done different and or moments where I wasn't even an asshole, but still replaying them in my head and thinking, what could I have done different to better that moment? You know, whatever it was. Yeah. Or moments. Yeah. Or moments of joy. And you're just like, wow, that was wild. That was like one of the best moments of my life. You know, like you never thought of it that way. It always makes me think of things in a different way. Like it just it takes the lens and does this. If mm -hmm. I'm going down a dark hole or something and, and it always does that. And a lot of times it's been focusing on the positive. I've been, uh, I, I actually went to this place in Massachusetts. It's called the wellness theory. Great. I got a strain. It's called Max Stomper and it's a uh, Indica and, uh, and it's amazing. It's great. It's 13% THC. I went to a dispensary in Michigan and it was 20%, which was way too high. But this is a little, this is, I had to get it down to, uh, to the Cadillac, to the old man face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mix in a little CBD stuff or something. Yeah. That's what I did. I did do that. I'm all about that. I'm all about mixing the CBD. I'm all about, uh, you know, today I just had just the end of an old bowl of yesterday and then I'm done for the rest of the day. You know, that's how I'm going to roll with today. And they, they pack them in these uh, pre-packed chillums. So it's like a pre-packed chillum of like a fine grade 
perfect. Oh, yeah. This is all like super legal in Massachusetts. What are you puffing on these days? I know you enjoy the herb now and then, Boris. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty good. I've been cutting down and then having like bouts of like having to do the particular type of work, like if it's like manual labor or something like that, where uh, where I'll I'll smoke the whole time. Yeah, uh, but cleaning uh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of back and forth between because I have a, t- a ton still of this weed that my brother-in-law grows in Sonoma, and at wow. this point, it's like it's I like outdoor some. weed. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's solid. It's it's uh, maybe I'm like a little tired of it or something, but it's like Give him it's a good plug. he's your brother in law. We're on the camera. Well, well, no, well, he's not selling it like that. He's like distributing it wholesale to be processed into oils. Whatever I say is not going to affect his business in any way. But yeah. and also this is like a test plant that I like it wasn't even properly cured. I like cut it myself and stuff. You wow. It was like some like gnarly outdoor shit, you know? And so I still have there? that. You went out there to Sonoma and cut it down and trimmed it and everything. Well, I went out to visit uh, my family and then, you know, he's got it there. He literally has like, man, like just a fucking house filled with bag garbage bags upon <laughs> garbage bags that need to be like processed and turned to oil. It's it's wild out there. Um, but I like, yeah, I like mailed myself back. Thank you to the good old U.S. Postal Service working just yeah. dandy. You and, don't want to uh, document it too hard, but yeah, we all know. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop right there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but I I get when I'm trying to like do heady work, you know, like if I'm trying to write or I'm trying to do something. Write a script. I'll, or, yeah, I'll order. Well, for that, I'll order some like nicer delivery sativa that that get keeps my energy up and like, and also. Um, I've just been trying to, I got, you know, a kid coming up and I've been trying to cut down on, on it a little bit. So I've been like some weeks, I'm like once or twice a week, other weeks I'll do every day, depending on what I'm working on and what I'm doing, but I've gotten much better at like, it's not assumed that I will smoke today, which is something that was assumed for, uh, maybe a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, we all, you, you know, it all bends and weaves. Maybe you give it up for five years. I don't give a shit. You know, it's just, it is right, what it right, is. Right. And But thanks God it's been around and it's around when you can. And what I think is cool about modern times is that the legalization and the stigma isn't like when we were kid, you know, when we were teenagers or young adults, that uh, it's getting more and more normalized, which I enjoy. And I think that's what kind of takes the fiendish stuff away where you don't have to like, Oh God, you know, I got crazy. I just got to smoke it all right now. Now we can be like, okay, have that. I know it's around. It's always around, you know, it's probably around. Totally. And much. I think it's also probably in a way, I mean, I'm sure this has been said before, but like in a way it's almost better for teenagers that like, you know, I'm not going to say smoke or don't smoke. I obviously did when I was a teenager, but like, Part of it, I think, at the time for a lot of teenagers is like we're doing this bad thing we're not supposed to be doing. And now that it's less stigmatized, I think that'll maybe be less of the case that that the thing to do is to like sneak into the woods or like, oh, we're going to be bad and smoke in your grandpa's basement or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was 15, 16, I was smoking and and I'm not going to advise anybody when they're 15 or 16 to smoke, but I'm also not going to pretend like people aren't doing it uh but i think re- getting rid of the element of doing it to be badass is probably a good thing yeah totally it's all old hippies <laughs> all their old grandmothers that need it the most and all the old well i'm wondering if like if you're if you're a kid of one of those then to rebel might be like fuck that shit you know like <laughs> grandpa's yeah. always high that weird old stoner i'm, stoner, I'm listening fucking, grateful dead oh, music shit. it's terrible i hate it <laughs> yeah uh yeah i totally think it. you know it, it's gonna bob and weave and do what it's due but i do think uh getting people out of prisons and and just taking the pipeline of uh dark crime out of the element of it all is healthy for, sure, for society for sure. you know Harder just harder said than done, though, I will say just especially knowing what my brother in law is going through and just seeing what's happening in a lot of California is, you know, like this was sort of unforeseen where everybody was like, you know, legalize it. But what ends up happening is 
they got all these different government programs and regulations and taxes. And like, of course, I think we should tax it and, and make some money on it. But at the same time, they're having trouble competing with the black market that still exists, that there's people that have infrastructure and have set it up and they've been pros at it for decades. And now you got people that are either new to the business or maybe just just in general dealing. Yeah, with they made it too all hard. Of the fees. Yeah. Yeah. And so they like, made it the way too hard. Planet. I think that needs to get balanced out. You know, they just nobody's taking any initiative of uh, actually like monitoring the data and looking at other countries that has legalized and how they do it. And it was mostly a money grab. You know, it's just like a conditioning of of American culture is like, OK, we're going to make as much money and the government's the same way. OK, we're going to tax this as much as we can. But it does squeeze out the little guy and it makes it and, and it develops the 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 other markets uh, more. So, yeah, they need to, like, simplify it, make it as simple as possible. But as we said before, you, there is in terms of regulations, like I do think like uh you shouldn't smoke until you're 21. You know, I do think that it sh should or be at least that's what we should say or certain areas. <laughs> and I wouldn't encourage driving and all this stuff. You know, we're figuring out all this stuff, what is and what isn't. So, yeah, it's just going to think we'll work it out. It's still yeah. new. You know, it's still it's so new. new. All, yeah. the, all this shit's going to have problems. It's never going to be perfect, especially when the government's doing it. But yeah, I, I have faith that with time will work. It, the important thing is that culturally we're adapting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the, it's hard. It's harder to change culture in some ways than it is to change law. Yeah. You know, like like culture changes no matter what you do, but to control it and change, have it change how you want it to change. That's like that's pretty tough. I was going to say, it's what is the evolving. definition of culture? What exactly is culture? It is just a vibe of what of what everybody's doing at a certain. Yeah, certain I think that's a good definition. I think it's yeah, the vibe, the vibe of what everyone's doing. I mean, it's like, a, a you know, our overall collective values, you know, and ideals or how we see the world. And, you know, that's another problem today is that we're both all connected and online. But at the same time, everyone's got their bubbles. And I see a lot of that. You know, I see a lot of that from friends in New York, too, who like have particular ways of viewing the world and they'll make like political points that they think are slam dunks. And I'm like, yo, listen, like I even agree with you. But if you think this is convincing anybody who thinks differently from you, you're kidding yourself. Like you need to go back to first principles and think about a world where someone grew up on a different side of the country and has been taking in not just different information, but different like input directly around them as to how the world functions. Somebody who doesn't have, you know, 500 neighbors in their building, but has three neighbors in their fucking square, like 10 square miles around them. Like these are just going to be different. You know, people make the assumption that people think the same. And that's a, that's a thing I think people are learning too. Yeah. And people are addicted to the drama. You know, people love the drama. They love the conflict or not that they love the conflict, but it's just like it's kind of an ego thing when it comes to judgment. And it's hard in comedy because you, you got to judge stuff to make jokes. But at the same time, I've just noticed like once you start spitting, you know, it all it comes back at you, you For know, sure. right. It comes Especially right back at you from an angle you didn't see or you were blind as blind as you were throwing it. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I try to just try to keep the pandemic is one thing it's taught me is just try to keep an open mind, and open heart. But it, every day I get angry. I open up yesterday. The Ukraine, you know, it's just like you go down a dark hole. I'm just like, gosh, all of it, you know, so I get I get the anger and sometimes wanting to vent it out. You know, people got to vent. People got out of that. But yeah, at the same time, like I, I always try to err on the side of like, just got to remind yourself to be calm because you can't help people when you're not calm. It's really difficult to be helpful if you're not in the right state of mind. And like the main goal has got to be to try to make shit better. And so it's hard to make shit better if you're in a negative. It's obviously easier said than done. But like, you know, this Ukraine shit is bad. But like at the same time, China's probably watching to see what they do with Taiwan in the uh, who knows when. So, like, you know, it sucks. It's stressful. It's worrying. But at the same time, like Taiwan's of, 
you know, Ukraine's my homeland. I obviously care. Um, I probably agree with right now the American policy to not like get into a war over it because that could escalate to a really bad situation. And as much as I'd want to see my country defended, but my I mean, my my country's America, but as much as I'd want to see my homeland defended, yeah. uh, I would not want to see my country pulled into a world war in that stance. But bringing if, in the jets and start bombing everything up and, and parts yeah, but if China goes, it's not going to help anything. Yeah, it's it's we're no. trying to do it. That's why I kind of, you know, it's hard, man. But uh, yeah, the the move is, yeah, just to, to not use anger and ignorance and also but try to make because when you're calm, you can make cle- more clep. You can make when you're calm, you can be more creative in solving problems. And that's what I've learned sure. when I get. When you get thrown uh, curveballs in life, you have to get creative in how you find happiness or humor, uh, how you get out of situations. I think comedy is that, you know, I always think comedy is a self-defense mechanism. Humor is a self-defense mechanism for when shit goes bad or awkward or weird or just to, you know, and it's just whatever. But uh, it can also be used as as self-defense. You can also fuck somebody up, you know, so you have to be a little bit respectful of it all. For sure. I and I agreed on the self-defense, but it's kind of funny. Like I I've talked about this before, where I think like part of my immigrant experience that did shape getting into comedy was like, and I think this is not just me, but anybody who gets into comedy, there's an element of where like you're afraid to look stupid or you're afraid to do things that people will laugh at. And so I think sometimes going into comedy or purposefully being funny is a way of regaining control of like, see, I do this on purpose. I control when you laugh at me. And I think for some people that goes too far in the other direction where now they want control so bad and they want not just for you to laugh, but agree with you on opinions you have where, you know, when people get political and stuff on stage that they lose the part that like, well, forget, remember why you started this. It's that sometimes you're funny, not on purpose. That, and that's because you don't have full awareness of it all the world. And, and the best kind of funny is when you're balancing between that and you're reading the room and you're actually aware of like the differences in perspective that people have. And so you make them laugh on purpose, but you bounce off the parts that aren't on purpose to make it, you know, a seamless experience. Yeah, it goes both ways. And the thing about that's cool about that, particularly, I think we're, what we're leaning into is stand up comedy is that you you get humbled really quickly. You know, you oh, still yeah, build yeah. up ego and there's still ego meaning. But even your most basic comic has bombed. You know, if you're going to call yourself a comic, like it's a part of the craft is losing. It's a part of the craft is you're going to take the hit. And a part of the craft is knowing how to take the hit mentally, physically, you know, knowing how to take the hit and moving on. And uh, so you learn, you know, you just get humbled. You know, it's just that's why I think with stand up, you just learn uh how, how to keep cool you know yeah if you're good you get humble and then there's some people that don't get humble and don't learn those lessons and they they'll say that they never bombed but it's only because they're not accepting or aware of the fact that they definitely bombed a bunch yeah yeah it's just uh, a part of the gig man and the, it, the what i've been learning i read this book think like a monk jay sheedy it's a he lived in an ashram for like three years He's like, it's like Hollywood kind of, it was on New York's bestseller, but I also read a lot of like uh, Buddhist stuff, but uh, uh, the ego, you know, it's just like the ego gets pumped up so big, but then it gets into a situation where the ego's not real. You know, that's just the person dreaming all these super fantasies about himself and all that or herself. But then, you know, real time comes in and they just get you know, they're not ready for that hit, you know, or you just look stupid. Yeah. You just reality makes you look dumb, you know, over and over. And then you're just a goofball. Nobody really respects. Yeah. 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 Uh, Have you been, do you drink coffee? Is there a Ukrainian way of making coffee? Well, yeah, actually. So uh, I drink coffee. I just got the regular drip going on in the morning. I do. Yep. We got an espresso machine off the wedding registry and we got a. Oh, you got the clackety clack. 
I got the clackety clack. I be I be clacking in the afternoon usually. Uh, make myself a little cappuccino or a double espresso or something. What kind of beans are they, you going with these days, Boris? What kind of beans do you oh, crush your own? What's crush that? my own beans. Crush yeah. my own beans, and it's Where all Costco. Man. Costco. I, I remember Boris used to get these big pieces of salmon, and he would salt them, and he would make his. Yeah, own. I still do that. That is, uh, you still my, do that. I love that. I when I saw my you own doing locks. that, I was like, this cat's on some other level shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I Not locks, I guess. It's technically just like cured salmon, not not smoked. But um, yeah, just some salt and sugar, basically. You do up the locks. But the coffee, man, just yeah. Costco, you can't beat it. You can't beat it because they get these, they get good beans. They got organic, like Guatemalan, Mayans. They got. Yeah, I got that Starbucks. big, and it's the big one. Yeah, the Mayan, Guatemalan. It's the like two and a half, five pound, the yellow bag. They got that yeah. one. They got a couple funky colors, but per poundage, like it's good beans, and you can't beat. Oh. That's the, that's one of the biggest Costco advantages, I think, is the price of the coffee. Like you're talking like, seven something a pound versus like 12 13 a pound easy in your local grocery store and stuff i'm all about those beans for sure yeah you can um, get you and can then get, shout out costco beans go ahead yeah i mean i i got you you know i proposed the costco i got i got my uh i what is it i i have my loyalty to costco almost as much as ukraine and america <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if Putin fucking touches Costco, oh. I will lose my shit. Okay, Ukraine is one thing, but you go into Costco, and it is over. Over, dude. I went into the Brooklyn Costco. It's always a crazy madhouse, man. It's it, just it packed. There's never man. a good time. The only good time. I, I don't want to say on the podcast. I almost let it out. I'm not going to say it because <laughs> then there'll be no parking space. During the Sabbath, I'll say it. I'll say it. It's during it's, the Sabbath. It's not the Sabbath. I was Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Is that the Sabbath? Oh, really? Oh, no, no it's not. I was because there's so many Hasidic Jews there. I was going to say you got to go yeah. during the Sabbath when they can't go. It's still pretty packed. Though. They got the everybody. There's Hasidic Jews. But the beautiful thing about Brooklyn and even New Jersey and even this northern area is like they got everybody. But yeah, it, it, it gets crazy packed with everybody. But they got a lot of Hasidic Jews. There. I'll say it. I know you can. Now, um, yeah. but the Long Island City one. The Long Island City one's good. There's almost always parking. It's never full. And during the height of the pandemic, they oh, I didn't know Long shit. Island City good. had one. That's good. That's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just north of where you go into Roosevelt Island, like right after you pass it, it's right on your left. I got a big jug of pecans, like a big oh, thing. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I'm a big nut guy. I know I'm all jug, about yeah. nuts. I like cashews, pecans. I, I don't like almonds. I chipped my tooth on an almond one time. <laughs> that'll leave you uh not like it all traumatized from almonds yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah it's a good one and then uh i was gonna say oh yeah so the ukraine ukraine i don't know if it's ukrainian as much as it is like because you know ukraine the thing that makes it a little bit like different from the rest of ukraine was like you know putin made all these speeches and he's uh, a, an insane, you know, thug. But he, the history, a lot of it was more correct than not in the sense that, you know, Ukraine voted for independence in 91. <clears throat> Prior to that, Ukraine was independent for independent in quotes, I say, from 1917 to 1921, sort of being passed around between revolutionary periods in Russia. Prior to that, like Ukraine really wasn't an independent nation. They were sort of the national identity, as Putin described, like was correctly sort of formed within the formation of uh, like communist Russia. And prior to that, you know, Ukraine's been owned partially by Poland. I, I believe the Iranian Empire, the Persian Empire there uh, at one point owned part of the part of Ukraine, like across the sea. And so you have some like Middle Eastern influence a little bit. And so the way I seen my parents make coffee a lot of times was using an Ibrick. So one of those like it's like a handle with like a you'll see like in a lot of the Middle East, they do it traditionally in sands to heat it evenly. They'll heat a thing of sand and then you put the Ibrick on the sand and it heats the coffee with sugar already in it. 
And I kind of my dad makes it for me now, but I have him make sort of like a bastardized version where I don't like as much sugar. So but he's like, you have to put the So you still put some. It's like you have to put it in when you cook it and it's thick. You know, it's like mud on the bottom. So you drink yeah, it. On it gets top so much chocolate. The, yeah. 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 And you leave that part floating at the bottom. So you drink it right up until you start getting little chewy bits. But it's really good. It's, it actually is really delicious way to make coffee. Yeah, that's a yeah. When you infuse sugar in a lot of co coffee, and a lot of cultures do do that, is what I've learned. And uh, Vietnamese coffee, I'm a fan of. We have a Vietnamese place sweet down condensed the milk. Yeah, they put that. It's, it's uh, you know, it, I'm saying I want it for the culture, but really, I just love a good. I do love a little good <laughs> sweetness now and then. You know, I try not to do sugar, but sometimes you know, it's it's, it's nice. Yeah, I think it's fine once in a while, but we're probably in the same boat there, too, where like we've gone to a crazy place where we just fucking throw sugar and everything. And, you know, for, oh, I backed eat, off of it. Is, yeah. I don't man. drink it with my coffee regularly. Like my move is just uh, a little bit of oat milk these days, but I'm not religious Word. about it. Like I'll use milk or whatever anybody's got lay laying around. But you're doing those bomb ass uh, espressos in the afternoon. I love it, my man. Oh, yeah, I'll do the regular milk, foam it up, get them, get that nice foamy milk in there. It's good. Oh. It's it's a little bit of cleanup, but otherwise it's good. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to we got to do this in person, man. Thank you so much for coming on to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Boris, is there any gigs or can you plug your website? What do you want to tell the people? I'll let you go, man. I know you did this last minute and just peace and love to everybody involved in, in Ukraine and Russian and all my friends were all one, uh, you know, that's it. For sure. Thank you, man. Yeah, people can check out my website. It's just my full name dot com or at the Boris K on all social media. Uh, tomorrow night, I'll be at Drum at eight o'clock for stick a pole in it in New York. Uh, I'll be at Dumbo House uh, Monday night. I'll be in South Orange, New Jersey at the South Orange Performing Arts Center. Wednesday night, the second at 730. It's an awesome lineup. And then very last plug, I'll be at the wormhole in Savannah, Georgia, uh, headlining on Friday, March 11th. So uh, if you're in Georgia and you're listening to this, come check it out. If you're in Georgia and you want to take some acid and go down the wormhole and check out my man, Boris, come through. Hell sure, yeah, man. Those sound like fun gigs. You're awesome. I appreciate you, Boris Hike. And thank you for being on the Cannabis Coffee Hour, brother. Right back at you, man. All love. All love. All right. That's it, everybody. I'm going to let you go. Shout out to Wellness uh, Theory up here in Massachusetts. Check them out. Uh, the strain is Max Stomper. I will say grade A good uh, indica mellow when it's snowing outside type of vibe. Uh, that's it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, dude. That was very fun. I, I 